study, and we are talking about the Holy Spirit. You know, talking about anger, lust. It's the Holy Spirit, it's, and it's so much, really. And so, uh, so I really got very desperate uh, on Friday afternoon. Never mind. The message is birth, and let's start. Uh, we are doing a series, in case you are new with us, I know uh, we have visitors here, and you look very familiar, you're a lawyer. Uh, yeah, I've seen you in court, yeah. We are doing a series of six sermons, and this is the Holy Spirit series. Uh, Pastor Joanne took the sermon last week on who is the Spirit and what is His work. Uh, I'm doing Be Filled with the Spirit. Uh, oh, you will be pleased to know that Vincent Lim is back. And after a break of four years, he's preaching again. Right? So you're going to pray for him. Um, he's, he's, he's back for uh, a month. We'll go, we have Spiritual Gifts Part 1 and Part 2. So we're going back to Corinthians. And this will be taken by uh, Pastor Chiming, Part 1 and Part 2 of the gifts. But in between, we have love. Uh, which is also a fruit of the Spirit. Do everything in love. So this is the plan. I want to uh, preach today's topic on filled with the Spirit from this passage. And I'd like to read for you from the New Century Version. Ephesians 5, 15 to 20. And this is how it goes. So be careful how you live. Do not live like those who are not wise, but live wisely. Use every chance you have for doing good, because these are evil times. So do not be foolish, but learn what the Lord wants you to do. Do not be drunk with wine, which will ruin you, but be filled with the Spirit. Speak to each other with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing, making music in your hearts to the Lord. Always give thanks to God, the Father of everything, and in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. There are many, many passages in the Bible about people being filled with, but this is the only verse where it is a command for us to be filled with. So let's look at this verse. Uh, in, in yellow, highlighted here, and I want to explain to you what filled means. Uh, in the English, we just say, be filled with the Spirit. But actually, in the Greek, it's not so simple. Because in the Greek, filled uh, has, means uh, to be controlled, and, and the other meaning uh, it talks about us people with certain characteristics that are highly visible. So what it means here is this. You look at Acts 5.3 on the left-hand side in the first meaning of the word, be filled. Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart? So what Peter is saying is that, Ananias, why have you let Satan dominate you? How have you let him have full control over you, Ananias? So, control. And the, the first meaning of the word is control. And the second meaning of the word is about people with characteristics. So, we, uh, Jesus went to his hometown in Nazareth 
And in the synagogue, he spoke about many things and they were not very pleased with what Jesus said. And then the Bible says in Luke 4, 28, they were filled with anger and they kicked him out of his hometown. Filled with anger. Uh, the Pharisees, Jesus said, were full of hypocrisy. Matthew 23, 28. Of course, you have heard about people who are full of unbelief, full of joy, uh, newlyweds on honeymoon, oh, full of love. Uh, uh, people who are full of compassion because, you see, there's, there's something about them, there's a, there's a character trait about them that is so evident uh, that we can just see it, it's observable, you can pick it up. So, right, this, these are the two meanings. Uh, I want to talk about uh, being filled in the first sense, about being controlled by. Okay, and I'll, I'll break it up for you because this is Greek. We're going to study Greek. The English, in English, I cannot say this. Uh, so, sorry, let, let, let me show you these verses first. Uh, th these are just some examples of people who are filled in the first sense, right? Uh, Jesus, uh, in Luke 4, 1, Jesus was filled with the Spirit and then He returned. It's, it's usually mentioned in this way, you are filled, then they did this. They are controlled by the Spirit, then they say that, right? So, Jesus was filled with the Spirit, then he, he returned from the Jordan River. Peter, Acts 4, 8, was filled with the Spirit, then He said to them, rulers, and He addressed uh, the council. And then in the disciples' case, Acts 4, 31, there was a prayer meeting, and uh, they were then filled with the Spirit, and then they spoke the Word of God uh, with, with courage, without fear. So, being filled in the first sense. And in the second meaning, filled as in people with certain characteristics. So Barnabas, in Acts 24, they identified that he was a good man. Good man in the sense that he was a man full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. You see, so the characteristic, it's so visible, that what kind of a person he is. And in, in Stephen's case, uh, let, let's look at the one on the right-hand side. The deacons, they had to pick deacons from uh, the congregation and, and they picked seven men and the, the criteria was that everybody will, will be able to see and identify that these are the people who are exceptional because they were full of wisdom and full of the Spirit. Uh, so Stephen was one such person. Acts 6.5 is identified that they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so like I say, I'm going to talk about being full of the Spirit in the first sense. Now, uh, the reason why I have to explain this is because in the Greek, it's a little bit more complicated. Uh, in English, it's just be filled with the Spirit. But in the Greek, it is in the passive voice, it is in the present continuous tense, and it has an imp imperative mood. And what I mean is this, when in the Greek, be filled, it is, you cannot do it. Uh, it is passive. I feel that that is active. But can, can you fetch that for me? It is somebody has to do it for you. So the spirit is it, it, something that happens to you. It's something done for you. It is in the passive voice. Just just remember that. All right. Number two, continuous tense. It keeps on happening. It is continuing even now. It's happening. And imperative. Actually, the word be. I command you, be filled with the Spirit. This is not optional. 
So if, if we don't care about grammar and, and good English, uh, it will be like, uh, you people keep on being filled continuously with the Spirit. Of course, it wouldn't do. So uh, in the English, we just say, be filled. <laughs> right? but, so remember that this is what it is actually in Greek. Now let me talk about uh, being filled. I, I want to be filled. You want to be filled. How do we be filled? Uh, at the first stage, at level one, we are filled when we believe. And so, in 1 Corinthians 6.19, do you not know that the, your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit and the Spirit is in you? And the indwelling happens at conversion when you believe. He is present. So, 1 John 4.13, we know that we live in God. And He lives in us because He gave us the Spirit and that is at the first level, the first stage. I would say that He is resident. But God is not happy with that. If God is happy with that, there wouldn't be an Ephesians 5.18. Ephesians 5.18 said that. Be filled. It has to, we have to go on to level two, the second stage. And what is it? The next level, in order to be in level two, the next stage, you have to surrender. Surrender because at level two, stage two, He leads. He, he's, he not only indwells, He leads. So Romans 8.14 says that the true children of God are those who let the Spirit lead them. And again, Galatians 5, 16 and verse 25, I say then, walk in the Spirit. Since you live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. That is, these are level two uh, uh, verses of being led. You are led now in this next level. So it's no longer resident. I will say now, he is Mr. President. Right? And um, the thing is that it's not easy to transit from level one to level two. In a sense that actually we always pray, oh God, I want to have more of you. Even in the songs we sing, more of you, God, more of the Holy Spirit, more, more, more. Actually, we, we can't really have more of Him because uh, the Holy Spirit doesn't come to us bit by bit, uh, little by bit. Uh, drip by drip. He, doesn't, he is a person. And when you have him at conversion, he, he just indwells as a, as a whole person. Uh, so whereas we cannot have more of him, he can have more of us. And when he has more of us, we feel like we have more of him. Right? It's just like that. So the Spirit will not force his way upon us. I want to tell you uh, what I mean. Right? So uh, those of you who are older, and there are not many people who are older than I am, uh, in MBRC, New Bridgewood Chapel, uh, where I came from, and before there was PPH, it was MBRC, when I was in Sunday school, uh, my uh, counsellor, uh, Arrow O, brought a group of youth to visit an uh, elderly member, and his Mr. Sue. Michael Tan will remember Mr. Sue, right? Mr. Sue lived in the shop house 
with a grandson who was not always at home. So actually, he, he practically lives on his own. And because he was already in his 80s and very frail, uh, you can understand uh, why he cannot really look after himself and his house was really in a mess. So Arrow organized a cleaning up team uh, and we all went. I thought that we are to clean out the house when he only want us to clean up the house. So what we did was that while some people were sweeping and mopping, I was busily cleaning out the house. And I, I, I know what to clean out. Things he doesn't need, broken bottles and cans and old newspaper. I mean, I'm, I was not really disrespectful. I know what is rubbish and what is not. So I was, I was bringing out, he, he was just like that, coming and, oh, no, 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 don't, don't, don't bring that out. No, 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 Kathleen, keep it there. No, 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 don't, don't throw that away. No, no, no. He was just doing that so much. So he spoke to, I look at Arrow O and say, because they are clearly rubbish. And so Arrow said, no. So we went out to the road and we brought the things back. And we just, what we could do was to organize the mess and pack the rubbish neatly. Uh, I remember the story so well because I was like, what is happening to this man? You know, it is clearly rubbish. Uh, you see, we, we had permission to enter. We have no permission to throw away his things. These are his possessions. And we could only do what he permitted us to do. And so this is, this is really what I, I mean. The, the Lord, Jesus, the, the Spirit can take residence, but He really won't force His way and do more than what we permit Him to do. Now, I'll give you another story. This is a, a more <laughs> beautiful story. I just heard this uh, in, December, uh, in June last year, when I, June this year, that means last month, when I went to the New Caris Mission uh, and their, their campus in Kampung UB, and I spoke to the founder, uh, Don Wong, about uh, their work, the New Caris Mission. Don Wong said that after they had settled down in this new campus, and this is the drug rehab center, right? So they had 50, 60 young people uh, who, who were just undergoing the program, and the Lord impressed upon them that you are not only to be looking after yourself and get well and be very happy, you are going to reach out to people who need you. So the first mandate right, was to enrich their lives. So this was the word, after much prayer and fasting, you are to enrich their lives. So uh, they were just scratching, praying for direction and all that. And so in 2008, what they did was this. They organized this weekly visitation uh, uh, sessions. I think it was, it was a weekday thing. And they would go to these old folks and they pick Ang Mo Kyo Avenue 1 and the rental flats. And these are the one-roomers rental flats. Uh, they found out that a lot of these old folks were neglected. Some were abandoned by their relatives. So they practically live on their own and very lonely. So to enrich their lives, they then, um, for two years, they visited them, 
spoke to them, uh, talk, share their story, listen to them, cut their hair, trim their nails, stock up necessities, did errands for them, chatted with them, entertained them, worship, sing song, worship, uh, organize outings, some excursions, block parties. So they did it for two years and it had a real impact because these this old folks really appreciated the young people entering their homes and welcomed them very warmly and there was a strong and deep bond established within two years. Then they got a second mandate in the year 2010, two years later, and this time after much prayer and fasting, the word came to them, now you are to improve their living conditions. At, at first, they didn't know what the Lord meant. They thought that maybe we have to buy some potted plants and maybe to beautify their house and the corridors, but it was not like that. The word then became clearer that you are to improve their living conditions. So you are to yeah, just do something inside. But I, they don't have money, right? So when they shared this vision with a lot of people, the sponsors came because this is a, this is a God project. So God, God planned it and God will sustain it and God will provide for it. So really, truly, there are people who were uh, prepared to sponsor the beddings and the curtains and there are people who were prepared to not second-hand furniture, prepared to give them new furniture and mattresses uh, and, and paint. Uh, so, so the boys would be painting and brushing and washing and repairing. Then they were, the, the things would be brought in. All right. so, so they were very excited about it. It's coming to place. So they shared this with all the one rumors, all the uncles and aunties, and said, we're going to do this. You let us do it and they picked the, the neediest family, the response was very poor. They were surprised. Because you see, even though there was a bond of, of this affection and fondness, these old people didn't want them to touch their things and to throw their things. You know, they are very possessive. So finally, they did manage to speak to one uncle, an elderly man who trusted them enough to let him, uh, uh, to... to let them do the work. So he say, Uncle, you've got to do this. You've got to move out of the house. You cannot be inside the house. Okay, get out. We have to pack your things. We're going to bring your things out. It's going to be a major uh, uh, refurbishment. So he agreed. So they did a lot of packing and shipped everything out downstairs and in the corridor. They, they couldn't do the job within one day because a lot of young men. So like eight hours they can do the job. Then they brought the men back. And he said that you cannot, you just, I can't describe how uh, the, the man reacted. He was just so moved and he was really in tears. He was clearly very touched by the love shown to him. And they said, okay, uncle, do you like this? Yes. Now we are going to bring back your things. So they went to the corridor and downstairs and they brought up the things. They said, uncle, you see, we have bought a new table now. This is no good, right? It's a bit shaky. It's very old. You don't need two tables, right? We don't have space for two. Is it okay if we discard this? Is it okay. Now, Uncle, <coughs> this is not working, working properly and we will get you a new one. Uh, and is, is it okay we throw that for you? Now, Uncle, you know, these things I know you want to keep. It used to be in the hall. It doesn't look nice in the hall, right? Uh, can we put it in the cupboard for you? Uncle, you don't need so much of this. Is it okay? So the uncle would say, yes, yes, yes. So they, uh, Don Wong showed me an album 
of the before and after. This is amazing. It's really, it looks new. It doesn't look like renovated. It's like a new flat. Bright, clear, because the furniture is also new and the curtains and the beddings. And so this is what happens when his Mr. President can take charge. But you've got to give permission. You've got to trust Mr. President to do the job. Uh, but as long as you are Mr. Sue, we can only reorganize your mess. And I, I left a really deep impression upon me. And I thought that, you know, this is what the Holy Spirit wants to tell us. Do you see that you, the owner, must hand over the flat to me? This is what the Holy Spirit is telling us. You've got to get out of the house. Because no work can be done until you get out of the way. I, this life of yours has to be spirit-led. You have to submit to my leadership. You've got to follow my instructions. You have to accept my control. You have to take my direction. Otherwise, I cannot do the restoration and there will be a cause. Because the Spirit will order you to discard certain things you are not ready to discard. And, and so, in a sense, it's a little bit painful and it's, it's not very natural to say, all right, God. Yeah. And so, now he is Mr. President. Now, I'll tell you why. When it's not easy to move from resident to president, from stage one to two. I'll tell you why. It is because... The Spirit wants to take His rightful place in our lives, but yielding to the Holy Spirit's control is not the natural thing we want to do. No matter how many years you are as a Christian, it's just not the natural thing to do. Because we are still, by nature, very independent. And retaining as much control as possible is what we naturally want to do, if we can help it. So, for example, if there is no need, we will not seek. If there, is, there are no challenges, actually, we wouldn't pray, or we will pray a lot less. If we have adequate resources, we will not depend on anyone, and including God, for anything. We will just not naturally be dependent, reliant, seeking earnestly. And if we have many options and we have the solutions, we won't ask for directions. And I'll give you an example of what happened just this week. This is a particularly heavy week, all right? I had three hearings, two assessment hearings and a trial. And on Friday, I had a trial. And this, this matter actually is a very strong case for me because before trial, we have court dispute resolution and the case will be brought before a settlement judge and there will be a neutral evaluation and the judge was with me. The judge was fully with me in a sense that uh, he advised the plaintiff, as I was the, the defendant, that I think this is a 100-0 case in favour of Mr. Chua. You, you all better talk it out, and uh, I don't think it's going to go very well for you, the defendant. So the defendants were very nervous, and they asked, okay, okay, we, if we discontinue the action, will your client ask for costs? So I brought it back to my client. My client said, no way, make them pay costs. Well, so, so, sorry, you got to pay costs. All right, so they have a weak case, they were trembling, uh, they've got to face me, a more senior lawyer. So we had, we, particularly, particularly we, were, we forced them to, to go for the trial. So it happened on Friday, I was, my, my guy is better than his guy, all right? My guy is from Great Britain, 
David Mugridge. His, he impresses me. Clear, strong, impressive man, English. And, uh, and I, I was prepared for the case because I thought the evidence was with me. Uh, my client emboldened me. You go, carry on, just take them on. I went before uh, uh, Judge uh, Ronald Gui and from the, in chambers, I thought, oh no, he's not with me. Anyway, we went ahead with the hearing and I lost. I lost. You know, thinking back, did I really pray very much about this? No. I was really confident. My client was confident. I was confident. Mr. Monk Rich was confident. When we have, when we have no need, we don't seek. When we have options, we don't seek direction. When we have resources, we depend on no one. For that hearing, actually, I didn't pray very much. And I thought, wow, I'm really, I'm really independent. I'm still in that mode. Spiritually, it's true. Actually, it's true in every area of our life. That's why it's very difficult to transit from level one to level two. Be filled with the Spirit. You have to make the decision. Let me tell you a little bit more, all right? You are, are you ready to make the Holy Spirit the precedent? Say, oh, of course we are. We, we are. But I, there are two things that the Spirit wants to see in you. Two things. And if you satisfy these two criteria, and if the Spirit sees these two attitudes in you, He will come. Number one, all right, let's, let's read the passage on the, the left box. John 7, 37, 38, 39. Jesus stood up and he shouted, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me. The first thing that God wants to see is a state of longing, of wanting. If anyone wants a drink, just come. If anyone is thirsty, come. There is a thirst, a longing, the, the desperateness. Because until we thirst, we will not seek. And you will not thirst until you really have nothing to drink. So if anyone wants water, come. No, no. If anyone is thirsty, let him come. That is the first thing. The second thing, look at the red box. The second thing, the red box says, you must believe that you will do it. Let me go back to the, the, the verse before that. You see, the first thing is, if anyone is thirsty, thirsty. the second one is, let the one who believes in me drink. Not only must there be a state of longing, state of longing. No, you got to help me. It's not working. Uh, next slide, please. <laughs> okay. First, a state of longing. Secondly, you must believe that he will do it. Let me tell you why it's so important. Many of us uh, don't really believe that what God has done for others is really for us. So, for example, when we read the stories of uh, people like 
the transformative power of the Holy Spirit through the lives and ministry of Hudson Taylor and Mother Teresa and George Muller and William Carey, Bill Bright, George Verver, Lauren Cunningham, and we read them, we are inspired. Oh God, He can do it, yes! But can He do it through you? And then, uh, can He do it through you? Uh, because I think we don't really, we're not really convinced, you know, that uh, it is really so simple that it is the same. We don't believe that this, the same Spirit will work as powerfully in us as the Spirit was in them. That we, we are, we are not, not really the same. That, that, that's what we believe. So, when we read impossible stories, we are not really I mean, we are inspired, but we, we wouldn't respond to the altar call and say, I want to be like George Verver. We, we wouldn't do that. We are, we are scared. And so we don't ask boldly. James 4.2, you ask, you have not because you ask not. You've got to ask boldly like this, Father, I want to live the Christian life you call me to live, you give me the faith to believe that you are able to do more than I even dare to ask, that I will be like a Lauren Cunningham in my faith and in my ministry. You've got to ask like that. And so, if you can ask like that, see? Luke, no, oops, oops, yes. This, right? If you then, although you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give you what? The Holy Spirit. Because at level two, when the Holy Spirit takes control and has leadership and you take its direction, it's going to happen. Just ask for, bring me to level two. Holy Spirit, Take charge. And when you pray like this, will your Father not give you the Holy Spirit at level 2? Look, Ephesians 3, 20, that He is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to His power at work within us. This is the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is at work, it will be immeasurably more, more than you dare to ask. So, two things that must happen before you are filled with the Spirit. First, there must be a sense of longing, a real longing. I don't have, I can't, I really want. Number two, I believe that it really can happen. It is not theory. It doesn't happen to some. It can really happen to me. That's why I'm asking. Otherwise, I won't be asking. Father, I am asking because I believe that it can really happen to me as it did for him. Alright? Okay, I want to give you a story because this story will illustrate very powerfully what I mean when you satisfy these two criteria. The Spirit must see these two things in you. A longing and a real belief. Uh, on the last day, on the 29th of June, uh, Jeffrey Wong and I went to uh, 
at the invitation of the New Carers Mission, I went to their campus in Kampung UV and I met up with the founder, director of the New Carers Mission. I, I was not expecting to see him. I, I thought one of his kakiyan would see him, see me, but it was the man himself. And, not, and I thought there was going to be a big group of people, but no, it was just him and me and Jeffrey, and we spent two and a half hours with him. And I, I'll, I'll tell you, that th this is divinely arranged because if not for these two and a half hours, I wouldn't be telling you this story today. So this is absolutely necessary. This was a, a spirit-arranged meeting. Uh, Don Wong... Uh, started very young on the path of destruction, actually at the age of 13. At the age of 13, he was already collecting tattoos. And then he joined a gang and he started a marijuana, the drugs. Uh, then he dropped out of school at 14. And at 14, he had the first taste of heroin. So very young. 14 is too young to be, uh, you know, to be taking hard drugs. And at the age of 16, he was already heavily involved in gangs. And then there was rioting, and of course, then he got into trouble. But because he was 16, the judge then gave him uh, a, uh, a two-year sentence, suspended meaning probation, two years. Curfew between the hours of 7 and 7, you can't go out and all that, for two years until he was ready to go to the army. Then he went to the army and... Army life was very, very good because it was very regimented. But even then, in the army, there was a way for him to get drugs and, and um, involved in some crimes. And so he went to, for uh, uh, detention right, in, in the army. But anyway, nonetheless, when he came out, uh, he got involved into trouble and then he had his first real sentence. Not as a, a juvenile now, but as an adult first sentence. And then he got, he, he was very remorseful. He felt very sad. He, did, he reflected deeply about his life and he resolved that he will walk a straight and narrow path after his release because his parents visited him. They were both in tears. And then he lifted his hand like that, Sompa, I Sompa that I will, I'm, I'm done with drugs, I swear. Uh, he was released at one o'clock and at three o'clock he was high on drugs. Just three hours, uh, two hours, right? And he was sentenced to another two years jail for the same offence, rioting. In 1983, when he was 23 years old, he attended chapel intermittently in prison. And said, it's not that I'm interested in spiritual stuff or that to listen to testimony, but chapel is an excellent time for me to network because people are from different dorms, and it's only in chapel service that I got through. I can network people from different dorms, and then we can then exchange uh, uh, contraband items. I, I couldn't care less about the preaching. In fact, I despise the people who gave their testimonies, you know. I didn't believe them. But one day, in 1983, in prison, at the chapel service, I felt the Lord, I felt God speaking to me through the words of the Bible. And as the preacher was preaching, I began to feel very ashamed of the life which I took pride in. See, it was a very strange feeling. I, to me, it was a bit a cut in the spirit. It was disturbed in the spirit. So a few weeks later, his wife and mother uh, visited him, and it was an emotionally painful visit, he said. Uh, and in the past, I couldn't care less 
about who I heard and what they said in the past. But that painfully, emotionally painful meeting, he felt very bad. When he went back to the, the cell, there was a pall of depression weighing very heavily upon me. There was an unaccustomed guilt that he never felt before, shame and regret. In fact, at the time, he was so down after that painful visit, he even contemplated suicide. He, he spoke to himself, if, why should I continue to live and hurt so many people? I might as well just end it. And then, in this, with the weight of depression and heaviness about him, he remembered the message that he heard three weeks ago. Quite amazing, you know. It's just, it's just a message he heard so long ago, he remembered. And then, he said, this simple prayer. He thought, should I, should I ask this God for help? So he said a simple prayer, God, I hear that you can change lives. Can you change mine? That was all. He's not a church person. He doesn't know what is conversion for someone to pray the sinner's prayer. He doesn't know all this. He just said, can you change mine? And after that, he cried. Now, this is a cell, not, not a, a one room, one bed. No. <laughs> there were other inmates. He cried and he said it was the most unmanly thing and a macho thing that he did. He cried and he sobbed and sobbed. And then, as he was crying, he was whispering to himself, I, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Sorry, sorry. I, I think he was just sorry to God, you know, and sorry for himself. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And there was, a, there was clearly a brokenness and a remorse that he never experienced before. And after that, after all the crying, there was a sense of peace and then a strange joy and then a lightness in the spirit. And then he said that that night he slept very well. Now tell me, what is this experience? Conversion. <laughs> he didn't know it because no one led him to the sinner's prayer. It was conversion. And I'll tell you what happened that day, okay? This thing about being grieved and that he's so sorry that he grieved the Spirit and, and God and then lightness and joy, it is the filling of the Spirit. The Spirit took control. Otherwise, it would not happen. He was cleansed. So he got the first feeling, he became a Christian. He didn't know it, but he became a Christian. The next morning, he went to the canteen for breakfast and uh, talking, joking, and then, you know, his, he said that his language is very foul. And, and vulgarities just roll out easily, easily, and it's part of his vocabulary. But that day when he spoke out, he, he suddenly was stopped and said, What's happening? There was a sensitivity never before to the foul language. And then he didn't know what was happening. He said another prayer. He uttered another prayer. Oh, oh, oh dear God, please, please be patient with me. I, I don't know how to speak in any other way, you know. And then he started to attend chapel service, now for the right reason, to pay attention to the word. And then he started to read the Bible out of a sense of thirst and wanting to know God. 
And then he said that he, there was a genuine hunger to know God. Then he saw that his life was slowly being changed. Now you tell me whether in prison there was a genuine conversion. There was. Whether in prison there was, uh, the Spirit fell on him and he was full of the Spirit. I tell you, it happened. It happened. There was evidence of that happening. Now, that was, this is 1883, right? And, uh, not 1883, 1983. And in 1985, uh, he was out of prison and he was really looking forward to that. Freedom, all right? Freedom. And uh, uh, he, he kept, him, kept clean for six months. He tried very hard attending church. In fact, he even uh, got permission to go back to chapel service in prison and, and join them for chapel services. Six months only. And then the lure of temptation proved too difficult to overcome. He returned full swing to the old life of smoking, then drugs, then nightclubs, then horse syndicate, then gambling, then womanizing. He said that his conscience was seared, his heart was hard, and he knew he was willfully disobeying God. So in 1986, the next year, he was back in prison. So this, this went on and on. He said that for a, in a span of 20 years, I went in and out of jail nine times, including that uh, detention barracks in, in the army. Nine times. I made numerous attempts, he said, numerous attempts to change in these years and I, that I ran afoul of the law. I failed each time. And finally, my wife divorced me. Now, many years later, now this is 1993. In 1993, uh, it was a few months before his uh, ninth incarceration. And uh, a brother from a halfway house visited him and said that when you are out, we invite you to join us. Would you like to join the halfway house? He was not keen at all because after two and a half years in prison, I don't, I don't want to spend another nine months with my rights restricted and in a confined place. I'm really looking forward to life and, and freedom. But the Holy Spirit worked again. The Spirit was stirring in him, disturbing him. The Spirit was tugging him. He was struggling with the Spirit. He gave in. He said that, okay. And he said that I prayed a prayer and he, he admitted it was a very arrogant prayer. And in prison, he said this prayer, God, if you don't succeed in transforming my life completely in the next nine months, because the, the rehab uh, in the drug rehab center is, is nine months. If you don't succeed in transforming my life in completely in the next nine months, then just let it be. It's the end. Did he meet the first criteria of that longing? He was desperate. He was really desperate. Would he say the prayer unless he believed. I think there was a belief that if you can do for them, you can do for me. I want it. If you can do for those brothers, I want to be free too. One more chance. I'm giving it all that I've got. Two criteria were met. So out he went. He went to the drug rehab centre and on the 21st of March 1993, there was as they always do, a chapel service, and there was an invited speaker who preached a very simple message. He, he said that it was nothing revelatory, nothing new, but very convicting. 
convicting in the sense that every word that proceeded from the mouth of that preacher pierced his heart. It was flooded with tears. And then he was speaking to himself, John Wong, what have you really done with your life in the past 10 years that you have known God? Your life is supposed to bring glory to God and instead it has only brought shame and disgrace. So when there was an altar call, he ran up and he was trembling. He went on his knees and he said, I said a prayer of repentance and rededication from the bottom of my heart. He didn't know what to pray, of course. He says, oh, I'm so sorry. But it was a simple prayer and it was enough because Romans 8.26 says this, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray. <laughs> so he, it was only a simple prayer, it was enough. And he rededicated his life and he wrote it in his, in his Bible, the prayer. Father, from this day onwards, 21st of March 1993, I, Don Wong, rededicate my life to you and from this day onwards, I will live for the glory of God. It was just a simple prayer like that and he wrote it in the Bible. And you know what James 4 says this? Says, James 4, 6 says that if he gives greater grace, therefore it says, God opposes the proud and he gives grace to the humble. You know, it's very good to be humble because when you are really low and humiliated, humiliated uh, and you are willing to be uh, in the state of like that, low, grace flows down like water to, to the lowest point. And that was what happened. I pause and I will tell you. Next slide, please. Okay. I want to ask you whether this what do you think about living life in level two? Now, for Don Wong, of course, it was impossible. <laughs> but not all of us think it's impossible. So let, let, let's just have a few verses up here and we, let's go through it mentally. Is it difficult or impossible? Uh, Jesus said, I tell you, guys, I tell you, if any one of you guys look at the woman lustfully, you have already committed adultery with her in the heart. Now, is this a difficult thing or is it an impossible thing? Now, some of you may think that it is difficult and you have succeeded. But I, I dare say that for most of us guys, never to last, it is impossible. <laughs> All right, Matthew 5, 44. Jesus' word, I tell you, you love your enemies and you pray for those who persecute you and you must be perfect because your heavenly Father is perfect. Is this difficult or is this impossible? You put a thick there, right? 1 John 2.6 And if you claim to live in Him, you must live as Jesus did. You must have the Jesus life. Not try to live as Jesus did. You live. You must live as Jesus did. Difficult or impossible? 1 John 5.18 We know that Anyone born of God does not continue to sin. Difficult or impossible? Let me tell you why it is important that we settle this. This is not, we know that we are not Don Wongs and all those druggies 
we are much better, right? We have better control, we have better upbringing, and we are more enlightened. We, our lives are so much cleaner. So I, I don't want you to get away with that, that idea, right? Next slide, please. If it is difficult, you will continue to try. And you will try harder and harder, and you will try again and again. But if you think that it is impossible, then you will give up trying. Then you say, Mr. Resident, you will now be Mr. President. Be the president of my life. I give up. I cannot. You've got to take over. I can't live the Jesus life. The standard is too high. That's why it's important. And when you are at level two, when the Spirit really takes control, then all these verses, which I put in the box below, it, it makes sense. It, it, is, it is not just an ideal, a standard for us to try to attain to. It is not theoretical. It is real. John knew what he was writing when he wrote uh, 1 John 5.18. We know that anyone born of God does not not usually don't continue to sin. He did. did, does not continue to sin. The one who was born of God because the Spirit in him keeps him from sinning. You see, because he has already taken over, so it is, it is possible to be perfect because the Heavenly Father is perfect. Someone has already taken over. Luke 18, 27, there, there are many times when Jesus said that, well, if it's impossible with God, people, it's not possible. A few times he said that, you know. Uh, um, there, there was once when, when uh, uh, you know, Jesus said that, you know, unless the divorce is based on adultery, if you marry another person, uh, you, you commit adultery. He said, oh, this, 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 is, this is better not to marry because there was only on adultery and if I divorce her, I got to be celibate. Oh, this is impossible. But what is impossible for man is possible with God. And then there was another time when there was a man who came, there was a rich man, and he said that, you know, it's very difficult for a man to enter the kingdom of God. So, what? But, but what is impossible for people is possible with God. You know why? Because at level two, when he is president and not just resident, the spirit operates in his power, take control, and he becomes possible. So let me give you an example now. Next slide, please. Yeah, I, I want to tell you a story. Now, uh, I say that uh, Chi Ming is the one who gives me a lot of problems, and this is another uh, example, all right? In a G5 meeting, uh, just the last G5 meeting last month, uh, we, he was uh, talking, talking about this plan, about internet, pornography, and, and some things that we need to do. And so, uh, I suppose that, Dwayne, you, you don't have a problem with pornography, you know, and uh, in the presence of my other brothers, and I thought, well, uh, I thought about it for a while. When I, I gave them the story. So I'll tell you when I was introduced to pornography. Um, uh, growing up, it was not a problem because we, we didn't have that kind of stuff. And, and uh, you know, we, we don't like buy penthouse, play, playboy. And, uh, we, we don't play that, that kind of thing, right? And so, uh, but when I was in the army, as an officer cadet, we went to Taiwan for training and we had R&R. &R, and uh, we were two, two to a room in a hotel, 
and I would just want to watch TV. When I on it, it was not TV, it was cable TV. And I had no choice on the channel. It was, it was already on, right? Then, then my buddy was not with me, and I, ooh, ooh, I was very, very curious. And then I watched, I watched about 15 to 20 minutes of this is hardcore uh, pornography. I was, and then I was very convicted in the spirit. I ran out of the hotel room, and I just walked the streets. I, I'm not going back until tonight when my buddy is back. And I just, I was ashamed, the guilt, and I felt so dirty. I didn't believe it that I could enjoy it for 20 minutes. All right. And after that, uh, that was over, R and R. I became an officer, and the officer, we had happy hour, and in the happy hour, we'd do different things. And usually, we, uh, we would have, uh, we'd, we'd drink, and then we have movie, right? Now, uh, the division commander, I was in the, the division commander was there, so we, of course, we don't watch hard porn. But we watched what we call uncensored movies. In Singapore, under Lee Kuan Yew's days, this cannot. So this, even this is, is illegal. Uh, but the division commander was there, so we give face. All of us watched with him. But I enjoyed it for like 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And then there will be the stirring, the spirit. I felt so uncomfortable. I had to get up. And then I will repent. I should not even enjoy it for a minute, let alone 15 minutes, too long. And then after that, I graduated, I, I, I passed out, I went to the university, and then the, the house was a bit clean, so it was okay, we didn't have internet and all that. Then I started to work. Then there was internet. And not only was there internet, there was YouTube. So now I don't have to buy those magazines and rent those illegal tapes, it is just readily available. And um, now, I, I, I know how to help myself, right? I mean, if you have a problem with lust, you don't walk down the streets, the proverbs, uh, where the prostitutes are, you just stay away. So in my home, I know how to keep the house clean. No magazines, no TV, no video recorder and, and all those things. And oh, but you have handphone, yes. Combo one, one gigabyte. And my, my friend laughed, gigabyte, come on. I get three gigabyte in the week and it's not enough. I've got to control myself with three gigabyte. Don't you do Spotify and YouTube and Facebook? No. Right, so I keep myself clean at home. But it is harder to keep myself clean in the office. Because when I am alone, and I usually work very late, and I would relax, maybe I'll just watch, uh, listen to music, I'll watch a documentary, and maybe a bit of some free movies on YouTube. And then, you know, the, 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 is the track is like that, right? You watch a movie, and then on the side, there are many other things you can watch if you, it's just in case you're bored with it. All right, boom, nah. Oh. And then I stumble into this uncensored movies. Now, I, I don't care whether it's, it's porn or not porn, because there's a lot of nudity, it is porn, right? And uh, it is, in Singapore, in those early days, it we call RA, right? And... Uh, I would enjoy it for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, before the Holy Spirit starts to work, and then shut it out, and I will get out of the office, and I'll be praying all the way home, cleansing, asking God to give me another chance. I'm sorry for grieving you. And I'll be doing this, and then I'll be clean for a few months, and then I will stumble upon something unwholesome, and then I will enjoy it for 20 minutes, and then I will feel... Now, for Don Wong, it's drugs. For me, is this. So one day, I was in the office, and the spirit 
visited me, I knew because the language of the Spirit I recognized. Edwin, you. Oh. Um, you know, you know me as the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of grace, the Spirit of wisdom, the Spirit of understanding and power and counsel and knowledge and peace. You know so much. But throughout scriptures, I am known as the Holy Spirit. And above all, I am holy. I really got cut in the, in the spirit. I really felt so ashamed because I, I really, at that time, I felt that I really grieved the spirit. And you know, the Spirit said that I want to conform you to the image of Christ. And you call this problem a common problem among men. You know, so at least I, I don't watch hard porn, and I certainly don't watch more than most people. I only stumble upon it. You know, I don't really need help. I'm, I'm really doing more than what most people would do. You know, and... But no. The Spirit won't let me go on that point. So I, I prayed a prayer and on that day I had a longing. Spirit of God, give me a fear of the Lord. I want to be holy. I have no solution unless my office computer is disabled. I have no power to change I want to yield this area of my life to your leadership. I have enough of this. Uh, I, I wouldn't pray this unless I believe that it's possible. And I prayed this because there was really a deep longing. Because the, the Spirit helped me uh, to will and to pray. All right, uh, Philippians chapter 2. So uh, the Spirit aided me in my prayer. And I said the right prayer. Uh, so... I didn't have to cut up, <laughs> cut up the internet. It's impossible. It's, it's the same computer at the office. Uh, but I think there was a real change because when Jiming asked me that question that day on, uh, on G5 meeting, I thought about it. Okay, when? When was the last time? When was the last? It was quite long ago. Then I, I, suddenly, I suddenly realized, oh my goodness, Holy Spirit, you did it. You did it. You, there is no change unless there's heart change. You gave me a clean heart and a new heart. You have really over, uh, undertaken this and took over. And so, Ezekiel 36, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take away the old heart and I'll give you a new heart. I will pour my my spirit. See, at level two, you are filled with and he takes leadership off. And you will, I will cause you, the spirit will cause you to follow my laws and to be careful to do what I tell you. And Galatians 5, 22 to 25, the fruit of the spirit that comes from the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. And um, Vincent Lim is going to talk about this. You see, 
I cannot be more patient. Patient is not uh, something that is acquired by effort. Patient is a person. Patient is one of the characteristic of Jesus Christ and the Spirit. When I have the Spirit, I will have patience. I will, and when I have the Spirit, I will have love. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Our sinful desires in level one is dead. When you are at level two, is dead. So when you are led by Him in all things. You see, all these verses now make sense. It is not just some ideal for some people. It is really for you and me at level two. So this is what I, uh, I came to conclusion. I was quite happy at the G5 meeting, uh, Jimmy, in spite of you chocho me, me. And uh, next slide. Now, now you, you, want, you want to be continually filled, right? I, I, I'm sure you want. But let me tell you what you can do. I want, this, I want this to be very, very practical. There are three things you must do to have the attitude of the longing and belief. Right? God wants to see this first. First, you have to be absolutely honest. No more excuses. You don't have to be defensive and say, that, God, you know, guys, you know, we are guys. We have, we are, I'm, I'm doing quite well in the past year. Don't, just don't speak like that, right? Are you like Jesus Christ? Have you grieved Him? If you have, don't be defensive. God, it is sin. I am not living the life that pleases you. The Holy Spirit is not president. And, you know, in order for you to be very honest, you have to be very sensitive because the Spirit is going to, to disturb your spirit. Like what happened in my office when the Spirit said that, I am holy. Do you call me the Holy Spirit or just the Spirit of truth? Holy. And so you could have a very uh, sensitive spirit, uh, conscience. And when the Spirit sensitizes you and disturbs you, it's like a, like a gravel in, in your shoe. You've got to quickly take it out and check it off. You've got, to, you've got to be responsive quickly. You've got to do that. And then when you do that, he'll be very pleased. Number two, dissatisfaction. You, you've, got to, you've got to tell God, Father, Father, I know I'm not like Christ. I'm not like Christ in so many ways. I'm not experiencing the power in my ministry. Everything says here, you know, the empowerment, the promises. I am not living this, not even a fraction of this. I'm unhappy. I'm not effective as, as a witness for you. I'm not experiencing power in my ministry. I'm not happy with my teaching. I'm not happy with my preaching and the teaching. I'm not happy. You got, there has to be that dissatisfaction. And third, there is a sense of neediness. Father, I've tried. I admit my limits. I cannot do it. I'm, I'm going to give up trying now. Holy Spirit, lead me, direct me, guide me, empower me. And if there's anything you want me to do, give me the will and the power to just let you take the lead and give it up including like maybe downgrading your plan to combo one. All right? Uh, by the way, I just want to tell you that I'm now uh, not on, uh, I'm on a different plan now. I have 20 gigabytes. <laughs> this my, even my colleagues say, no kidding. <laughs> 
20 gigabyte. And um, no, I, actually, I only need two or three or four because I, I, th there's really no desire for me to be watching YouTube at home, even when I'm at home. In fact, that was what Don Wong said. I, I asked Don Wong, now, let's say there's nobody watching you and the drugs are right in front of you. Do you think that being a drugs, drug addict, uh, you might be tempted to take it? So, no way. Absolutely, I have, that is the past. I have no more desire for that. Because why? Somebody has already cleaned up that room, you see. It's really spirit-filled. So in a sense, I, I, I want to be continued to be filled. I, I'm a guy, and I, I, I know the, my vulnerability. I'm just saying that in this area, I thank God because of his control. Uh, I, I'm not thinking about this. There's no desire for this. But I must continue to be continuously be filled. Right? Now, I'm going to end soon because uh, Jimmy is looking at me. Altar call, altar call, right? So let's, uh, <laughs> let, 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 let me just summarize this, right? So there are, it's three levels, three levels. At the first level, at stage one, you just believe and the spirit is resident. He indwells, he's present. And in many people's lives, it's just like that. And then you come to him and you need him. But at level two, which is what we are told to do today, be filled with the Spirit. Come on, let's move on to level two. And this is the stage of surrender, and then he is Mr. President. And at this stage, we take directions. He leads. But there is a third stage. Because when we, we are continually filled with the Spirit, and we have, remember I said that you cannot have more of Him? but he can have more of us. And when he has more of us, it feels like we have more of him. And at this stage, it's called stage three, where you are ready to trust him. Like Don Wong, you know, he said, that I want you to go to uh, Amokyo Avenue 1, and I want you to do this for them and that thing, and you're going to go for missions and this and that. You, are, you can identify with this mission, and you are ready to carry out the assignments. Now, let me tell you the story uh, to, to, to end the, the, the story, all right, uh, about uh, new, the new uh, life mission, uh, the new Karen's mission. Uh, so what happened is that uh, of the homes that they, they clean up, um, there was this model home that was done, and then the neighbours got to hear about it, and they visited him, and then they saw the transformation, they liked it, and many people then approached the new Karen's mission that we want to. This is the kind of life that Jesus wants us to live. And where the light in us shines so brightly that the stars in heaven, uh, can you pray for me? And, uh, so how do you solve this problem? Can, how can I be a Christian? Because they like what they see. And then we are ready for the Abrahamic covenant. We are the people of the... Uh, the Abrahamic covenant is not part of us. What's the Abrahamic covenant? I will bless you. And then you will be a blessing to the nations. Stage three. And we are caught to that kind of life, to live beyond stage two. And uh, so what is uh, 2 Corinthians 2.14? But thanks be to God who always lead us as captives in Christ's triumphant possession, uh, procession 
and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of Him everywhere. We are the trophies of grace. Everybody wants to look at us and find out more. First Peter 2, 9, what is it? You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of His own, so that you may proclaim the virtues of Him who call you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Now, after um, a season of fasting in 2009, and this is uh, the new Caris Mission's uh, testimony again, 2009, uh, they gave, God gave uh, the leaders a vision that they will have a community hub because they've, they've been moving from place to place. It's not easy to rent places for drug rehab work, but they, they were really longing for a place and the, the Lord gave them a vision of a hub, not a building. So Don Wong then drew up the plan that you will have the multi-purpose hall, a field, then there's a, a dormitories, a workshop, and a work for the elderly, uh, the youth, and he just drew it up, just a plan, right? And then they prayed and they fasted. And nothing happened for two years, so they were a bit discouraged. But two years later, they received a call from the minister of uh, MCY, uh, Community and Youth. And the call from the minister said, well, Don, I wonder whether uh, the new Caris Mission would like to start a community hub because we have a school, the North Light School had moved out, and North Light School is co-located with the Geylang ITE. So, so I, I was there, okay? I was there on the 29th. <laughs> because it was an ITE and the North Light School, and they had it. And the, but the, the minister said that, but you are only a tenant. I'm, I'm not going to just lease it to you like the high point. We're going to tenant, uh, so we're going to renovate the place first. Hallelujah, because it's 1.5 million. Uh, if, the, if we are only a tenant, the government will renovate. But if they just lease it to you, you renovate. So the government said that we will renovate it at 1.5 million and they gave them the newly renovated, renovated premises, the new life mission. And right now, uh, the new Caris uh, uh, mission is starting a work in Malaysia, Taiwan, Hong Kong, China, Korea, Myanmar, Thailand, and because they are so successful, there's so many ideas and stories to share and to inspire and to empower other people who are involved in this work. It's, it's, you are on a mission. You are ready to carry on a mission. Then I want to tell you that this is, this is the last slide. Now, this is really the last slide. Thank you for being patient. <laughs> now, this is, this is what the Spirit wants to do. This is the work of the Spirit. John 3.34 Jesus said that when I give you the Spirit, he, when God gives the Spirit, He gives the Spirit without limit. A lot of power and work. The whole Spirit wants to overwhelm you. So you see, at, at stage one, when we are stage one, when we just got converted and Jesus assured them, you know, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless you are born of the, the water and the Spirit of oh God. I want... And so we, the Spirit came inside us. And when, whenever we have problems, we go to Him like with a cup. Please, God, provide. God, I'm in trouble. Please help me. And we go to God, I'm, can you help me? So we just go to God for, with a cup to be filled. But actually, we are supposed to move on and beyond. So that's why Jesus had to also say in uh, John 4.14, whoever drinks of water I give will never be thirsty. 
You, you don't have to depend on an external source for someone to pray for you, to help you, and go for what seminar and whatever help. There is going to be a well within you that will spring up inside you in your own house. So you, this is a well that never runs dry. So you will be, you are, uh, I came to give life and life abundant, really. So it will never run dry. You are sufficient. You are led. You are victorious. But beyond that, stage three, you are, you are on a mission. And that's why Jesus had also got to say this in John 7, 33. Let everyone who is thirsty come to me, and if anyone believes in me, rivers, rivers of living water will flow out from that person's heart. And, and, and in, in parentheses, also part of the Bible, Jesus was referring to the Holy Spirit. You know what the river does? The river goes out in every direction and wherever it goes because you carry the power of God, the gifting of God, uh, the mission of God, the agenda of God, the presence of God. Everywhere, all the lives are touched. Society is changed, community is changed, prisons get changed, hospitals get changed. This is what it's supposed to be at level three. But right now, let's move on to level two. Be filled with the Spirit. Are you, are you willing? If you're willing, you've you got to show God you're willing. You've got to show that there's a longing and that you believe. And you've got to be very humble. You've got to be very honest. And you've got to be ready to be filled. And I'm, I want to ask the musician to come forward. Thank you so much for giving me 15 more minutes. No, no, I mean, it's 1.15 now. You're very kind. And we are going to pray. We're going to pray. I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to call for a response, right? Everybody stands and... Uh, Crystal is going to lead us in just this last song and I'm going to uh, invite you to respond to God because the Lord is present and if you feel a tugging in your heart, that is the, the work of the Spirit. If you feel cut in the, in the heart and you, you think that the Spirit has spoken, uh, it is because He wants action. So let's respond to Him. Let's, let's not leave this hall today. In fact, I invite you to do this, right? Tonight, today when you go home, it can be this afternoon or tonight, you go to the room yourself and I want you to have a private transaction with God. Like I did in my office room that, uh, that night. And you ask God, Spirit, Spirit, I need you. In this particular area of my life, I, I can't do it. And I really want you to put a spotlight in my life and show me which area grieves you the most and in what area I must surrender today. Crystal. Let's sing this song.
Place our 
they do not want to hinder the work of the Holy Spirit. So let's be very sensitive to what He's doing. When the music continues, I want you to have your own personal transaction with God. Holy Spirit, the fullness of God has always been planned for us. I know that the information I give today cannot lead to transformation. It is the Holy Spirit who brings transformation. Words cannot convict. The Holy Spirit convicts. And I thank you for everybody who has responded today because it means that you are working in us. You are indeed present with us. You are interested in what is happening to us. This is grace. Spirit, thank you for leading us to this point. And you can see a posture of faith and humility when, when you see what is inside us. Be the president of our lives. Take leadership of this relationship. Today, we reaffirm that you are not just Saviour, you are Lord Today, I ask that we will all sense your prompting. We will hear your whisper. We will feel your nudging. We will be empowered by your presence. Today, you will show us what you want to do. Holy Spirit, give us a new heart. Give us a real thirst. Give us a deep longing. Give us the faith to believe that what you have done for Pastor Don Wong it's not an exception what you have done for him you will do for me give me a new craving for your word wash me with your word speak to me from your word it has been dry before but God I pray that it will be bread to me inspect our lives. Thank you for your deep love so beautifully demonstrated today. The fact that we are hearing from you is evidence that you really, really care and love us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And you who have started a work in us, Will you not finish it, maintain it, and sustain it? 
We trust in you. Mr. President, we trust in you. but I just feel that for some other people, they just need to be uh, quiet in the house of God, in this house of prayer, and uh, take a seat if you need, live quietly if you must, but let's just give people the space uh, that they need to spend with the Holy Spirit right now. And the music will continue to minister to us.
Brothers and sisters, this is what the Lord says. I will never leave you nor forsake you. The Lord is your helper. Do not fear. Receive this benediction. Now may the God of peace who through the blood of Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of our soul, make you perfect in every good work to do His will, working in you that which is pleasing in His sight through Jesus to the glory of God. Amen. Receive this blessing and let's have a wonderful week ahead.